0: Welcome to Life Hurts, God Heal. I'm your host, Kurt Flegel, and today we're going to be talking about shame. What is it, and how do we conquer it? To help me answer those questions and more, I'm going to introduce you to our guest today, David Kelly. David, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm really happy to have you. You have a lot of experience in Celebrate Recovery, which I've mentioned in the past on this show, uh, that ministry anyway. And uh, I think it ties really well with what our whole show is about, Life Hurts, God Heals.
1: That's a good title right there. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
0: Someone told me that it's actually the name of a book that came out of Celebrate Recovery. I, I didn't know that.
1: I know there's one that I'm familiar with, Life's Healing Choices, but I'm not familiar with that one either.
0: Is that, who, who, who's the man that started Celebrate Recovery? Uh,
1: so it comes out of uh, Saddleback Church there, uh, and then uh, Baker. Uh, Yes.
0: Yeah. Baker. Uh, What's his first name? John Baker. John Baker. Yeah. Yeah, so you have a story to tell uh, uh, from Celebrate Recovery, but before we get into that, tell us a little bit about the ministry. What is, is, you know, most people may not know what it's about, so tell us a little bit about what Celebrate Recovery is all about.
1: Well, I think uh, uh, the title itself, right, that we're uh, called to Celebrate the Recovery, Uh, Recovery from what? You know, for me, when I started thinking about that uh, back in 2004, it was recovery from all the things that were lost uh, because of all Mm. my hurts, uh, hang-ups, and habits. Mm. Uh, That's kind of one of the cliche terms that you'll hear in Celebrate Recovery. But but, it's good. But it's good. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, you know, a lot of people get uh, lost in recovery and think of uh, addiction uh, solely, when in reality, you know, a lot of uh, uh, the patterns of behavior in my life and Mm. other people that are struggling... uh, is simply from a hurt that we have from the age of four. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: and then that damage, uh, sure enough, manifests itself into uh, then habits.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: so anyways, uh, the, the celebrate part of it for me is to go ahead and uh, say that I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, that uh, currently struggles with uh, anger and uh, impatience.
2: Mm. And
1: uh, actually celebrate the fact that I can admit that uh, to, uh, to another brother and other human beings and that uh, uh, God's got it. Yeah. I have faith and trust in Him, so we don't have to hide. You know, I don't have to pretend like I'm uh, I got it all together and that I don't get angry ever, uh, because that would be a big lie. You can ask my uh, wife and daughter, uh, and a lot of other people that know me. So uh, I like that we can celebrate who we are uh, as God is. Uh, called us to, you know, he asked us to remember that we are his beloved possessions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that even even in that uh, struggle with anger and uh, uh, impatience, that he, I am still his dearly beloved son.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what I know of anger is it, it is a second emotion. Mm-hmm. and comes out of other emotions. Mm-hmm. And one of the big ones, and you mentioned it already, is hurt. Yes. So, uh, it's interesting to me. If you look over there, see that that poster board right there that's hanging down, um, yes, and all you know, the colors on yep. it. There's the sticky tabs. Yeah. I just went through uh, a six-week se- uh, curriculum. That each session you're 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 moving towards understanding who God made you to be your your personal identity.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: the first thing we did was um, the first session. Was, the homework from the first session was to create a timeline mm-hmm. of our life. Yeah. And here's what uh, once you, so you take these sticky notes, and the one color is going to represent your the joyful memories that you have, another is going to represent the painful memories. Mm-hmm. And so for me on that, the blue is the pain, and you can see a lot of. I, was,
1: I wasn't going to say I was going to let you say that I see a lot, but <laughs>
0: yes, a lot <laughs> on that. But so uh, once you have all these memories down, or even as you're going, these. These seasons of your life, what the what will happen is they will be arranged into seasons of your life, and then you begin to name the seasons of your life. And this is where I'm going with this on, on what mm. you've already shared about hurt is my first season that I labeled was named innocence, and it was mm. my childhood, and my second season was innocence lost, mm. where that got shattered, mm-hmm. and so. I'm curious if you're willing to share some of the hurt that, you know, where this anger came out of was hurt. So what are some of the, the things that happened in your life that were the hurts?
1: Uh, father wound, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, for those of us that are familiar with that, uh, seeing my dad drive out of the driveway when I was five years old. Uh, uh, I don't remember all the details being that young, but seeing him drive out when, he, when I was five. Uh, Here I am sitting now, 48, and uh, it was just a broken relationship. Uh, He struggled with his own demons, Mm -hmm. uh, and I've come to uh, give forgiveness in that area. Mm -hmm. But that's been uh, one of the major manifestations of the rest of my behaviors for the rest of life, Mm -hmm. that at the age of five, I wasn't good enough,
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: that my father left simply because this wasn't good enough. And so for the rest of my life, I lived in that codependency of trying to show you that I am good enough. Mm. Love me, please. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, another struggle that I've had is, you know, secondary behavior has been that codependency yeah. of people-pleasing so that I am worthy and I am lovable. And uh, so that would be that first season as you're talking about that I remember that vividly. Uh, the chaos that was in the home at that time, being raised by a bunch of hippie, uh, <laughs> leftover hippies that were uh, trying to figure out that the that, that time had moved on, uh, and that the late 70s we were supposed to be, uh, you know, now in that disco age, uh, and they lived, that, they lived that scene in our home well as well. So I was exposed to quite a bit back then. So I would say that would be the first season as far as uh, of uh, the, the major hurt in my life that has uh,
0: hmm. put me
1: on the journey that I am today sitting here with uh, Celebrate Recovery.
0: I love that you said... This is the lie that I heard. You like without even me asking that question, is that you, you instinctively already know that lies are, are what come out of the hurt. Mm-hmm. If, if we don't address the, the hurt, if we don't deal with the hurt, yeah. then the enemy of our souls, he speaks lies from those places. We, we give him territory. Mm-hmm. We give him a place to speak out of our hurt and speak lies. About God's identity, our identity, and you—you've already shared one. Yeah. You weren't enough. You yeah. were—you were not enough to keep people around.
1: Yeah, I didn't know my Abba. I was raised in a, in a non-Christian home. You know, I, I think there were some elements of faith that were kind of around, but I mean, it wasn't yeah. anything you know, real. Uh, as far as uh, walking with the Lord. Uh, so to be able to say Abba today and know that I have a Papa that just, like, loves me unconditionally, even for the mess-up that I had yesterday with my 11-year-old, uh, <laughs> who I had to own that and, you know, ask for forgiveness yesterday, it's like, come on, I was just, you know, I was, so anyways, uh, yeah, to understand that I have that Abba, the Lord, forgive me, Father, I, I blew it yesterday, you love me, I'm good enough in your eyes mm-hmm. to be able to sit here at 48 and be able to you know, say those things, versus five, being that young boy that's crying uncontrollably mm-hmm. as the uh, Abba, my, my earthly father, mm-hmm. you know, is pulling out of the driveway. Yeah. So that association, being able to trust in God, that God is going to protect me and provide for me and wants nothing for the best for me, has been that journey from five to 48 mm. uh, of getting through. And so, huh. I, yeah. No. I was just going to say, that's where I think that that anger comes in for me still today, is that uh, here I get angry, because God, you know, it's not happening my way, Mm -hmm. God, you know, this is not happening my way, God, don't you love me enough to make it happen my way, you know, God, my daughter should be listening to me clearly, and she's not, I just, I, I can speak sternly to her, you know, and not having the model of, you know, what a, 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 and like I said I don't want this to be a bashing on the father because no, no. because my father had his own demons his own yes. struggles and all of those things it's, but that model right and when we talk about how how what things should look like in a healthy way of how to do these things I didn't I had different models yeah. <laughs> that created the the different me and some of those things you know were very beneficial as far as those models and some weren't yeah. so uh yeah
0: No I don't hear any condemnation you no, I hear you just honestly sharing your story of mm-hmm. what you've experienced, you know. Uh, it's not a blaming your father, you know, like you said. You've already forgiven him. Yeah. You understand from your own pain that mm-hmm. every human has that. Yeah. And you, you've you expressed that from the hurt that we each have to deal with, there come these hang-ups, these attitudes. And yours was anger.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, and others, I mean, on his tombstone, I was just back there recently, he, uh, he was uh, from Connecticut. Uh,
0: Wait, that's where I'm from.
1: Oh, really? I was yeah. born in Waterbury, Connecticut. No
0: way. Yeah, I was born in Waterbury. That's where my father grew up, <laughs> Oh, and with his own wounds. Yeah, <laughs> that's too
1: funny, <laughs> they might have known each other. <laughs> so uh, mine, uh, uh, Waterbury area, Bristol, I lived in Bristol for a short time, uh, but we were just back there recently, and uh, on his tombstone, one day at a time. So he did have a brief period in his life where he found some sobriety, uh, and he found God. Mm. uh, And we got to connect during that time period a little bit. Mm. uh, So that was pretty awesome. Mm. Uh, I think uh, yesterday I shared already the the struggle I was having with my impatience and anger. Uh, When I was speaking to my wife, I was like, you know, it's one minute at a time right now, honey. I, I can't even hold enough together to say one day at a time. I literally am at one minute at a time. You're asking me what I'm going to do an hour for now. I can't think of that because I have to focus on the minute. You know? And So I think that's, you know, like I said, there's also those things that you know, that we talk father wound, just you can also get these positive elements from that carnage and damage as well. Yeah. You know, to, to look at his and see that there was healing in his life at one point, that that healing can come. And there's hope for all of us in that, uh, that uh, when we when we do surrender to our Abba, mm-hmm. that uh, He he will be there for us.
0: Wow. I think I want to put a mental note here mm. about the one minute at a time, because I think that is actually really relevant for all of us. mm mm-hmm. uh, But before we go there, you mentioned the journey. Yeah. And the journey started with hurt. Mm-hmm. And then moved into hang-ups, attitudes,
1: codependency. And, and you know, being right. that kid in, in the fifth in, uh, in the fifth. At, 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 sorry, I'm stuttering here. Uh, being that kid at the age of five in the classroom that had to, you know, uh, be the class clown at times, uh, uh, be the be the people pleaser. You know, putting on whatever mask it was that mm. I needed to wear to make you like and love me.
2: Yeah.
1: Whether you be a, 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 a peer in the classroom, the teacher, whatever, uh, manifesting itself into the anger and getting in the fights, Mm -hmm. Uh, pretty big fights at the age of five. Uh, You know, I can keep going down that journey all the way where then I I got introduced into the the world of, you know, alcohol and and, and drugs and, you know, those those habits that, you know, just were numbing. Uh, They were all numbing elements to to take care of that wound that I had because I wasn't addressing the wound. So I think all of those things that you could walk out that journey, whatever it is, eating issues. Uh, For me, sex. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you name it. And there's such a stigma that you place on these ones. Oh, well, eating might be okay. Well, sex, sex isn't. Yeah. You know, as far as they're all just numbing agents to bury that hurt, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, or the hurts that we have. So that's the beautiful part, as I'm saying about the Celebrate Recovery, is that that's where we want to go. Where, what is your hurt? What is what is it that you're not entrusting to God uh, because you're so hurt? And now it's created these habits and these hang-ups that, you know, you're struggling with in life. You know, so like I said, I could fill in the blank and I don't, I don't know how long we have is this as far as all those those <laughs> habits and those hang-ups that I had for, for that journey of... Uh, or still have, uh, for that journey of 43 years, because there's plenty of them. I think that's one of the things that I, I, I do. Uh, I have a lot of experience uh, <laughs> that I can share with others. Uh, there's, there's not very many things uh, uh, that surprise me when we walk into the walls mm. of those meetings. Hmm. Uh, that I can't relate to people on whatever addiction or whatever hurt or hang up or struggle uh, or habit. I've, I've been there. I mean, yeah. I, I weighed 350 pounds. Wow. Uh, You know, so not only was it the alcohol part of it, but whenever I was getting stressed, I would go ahead and just gorge on food. Stress eating. Yeah, you know, so I people can wanna go ahead and talk about it. And I don't I haven't talked about that one much in my life, but mm. I know it's a reality mm. You know, that 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 was a part of mine. Whenever stress would come, I'd be like, okay, go get me a twelve pack of beer and, you know, eat as much as I can and I don't have to feel that pain. Yeah. And that hurt at that time. So yeah. So, you know, it's uh it's been an interesting journey. Uh you know, and then you talk about seasons, right? And I, I could, I'm kind of fast-forwarding, so I don't have them chronologically labeled or anything else. But that next m- major, like, significant transition in my life uh, came in uh, 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure enough, uh, talking to the auto shop teacher that I had no idea was actually a pastor. I spent about the next six hours of my life with him uh, to where eventually I was in my own house at about 930 at night uh, except, accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Uh, and then since then, my life has just been turned upside down for, uh, for the right reasons. Uh, so there's been so much recovery, uh, there's been so much healing from my hurts. Uh, not to say that I have it all together because (laughs) we all know that it's a a growth process. So I'd say that would be, you know, another significant, there's other obviously journey steps in there, but that 2003 is like a watershed, uh, year for me, uh. And then even more so, getting introduced to Celebrate Recovery uh, 2013 uh, was another year yeah. that, sure enough, uh, my life at that point just started exp- exponentially, uh, the growth, uh, getting closer to God. So
0: 2003, that would have made you 31?
1: Oh, good Lord. Uh, you're, you're doing the math over there. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah you I'm got am trying it right. to. No, you got yeah. it right. I was 31. It was. Uh, uh, so make sure I get to... the day right. It was March 13th of 2003. Uh, uh, said the prayer, uh, uh after six years of, con- or six years, six, uh, six hours of conversation, uh, and, uh, March 13th, uh, started reading and journaling and, and actually walked inside of a church, uh, for the first time, not to pick up women, uh, but to, uh, to actually, uh, see what God had to say. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we don't have enough time to talk all the journey stuff. You know, I didn't. I thought the church was to go meet women, right? Isn't that's where you go meet women that are healthy, whatever they're talking about this God stuff. You know, I can, yeah. So
0: that's a, that's an approach I've never heard before
1: uh, as I said I can relate to an
0: unbeliever I can relate to a
1: lot of people I mean that's you know there were good people in there and they had their life together and you know obviously they were they were the people I wanted to you know hook up with and hang out with, so that's where I would go
0: so thirty one is yeah. when you when you encounter Jesus yes. And, his, and saw his pursuit. He's always been there. Yes. Right? He's always been pursuing you, but that's when you saw it. Yes. How old were you when you f- took your first drink or had your first drug, if you don't mind?
1: Uh, I, I don't have it, like, recorded down. I know that the chaos part of it, you know, uh, living in Lompoc, California, uh, beautiful D Street, uh, it was always around. Yeah. There was alcohol and drugs in our home from the age of five that was just prevalent in that, you know, it was a disco era, uh, and it was just part of the culture that I was raised in. Mm-hmm. So, there was no uh, stigma of negative uh, uh, to me. I mean, you said first, I, I'm pretty sure I had my first taste of Budweiser beer when I was five years old, mm-hmm. uh, camping at Lopez Lake. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, you want something to drink? Here you go. You're thirsty? There <laughs> you go. So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if that's where you're looking at that. Uh, I think uh, when you start talking about it becoming a pattern and a habit in my life, uh, I would definitely say that uh, it was starting to become a, a thing in my life in the junior high years. And then, as far as uh, a habit, no doubt that uh, my uh, freshman year, when I was 14 years old, it was something that uh, I started to, uh, to turn to to, to numb ever more as far as those hurts. Uh, and then uh then I got deep into it uh my junior year in high school when my dad did pass
2: mm. uh, so
1: that was uh there's a lot there's a longer story there that I could share as far as some internal turmoil that I had and some demons and whatnot but uh that's when it, it uh, was that nineteen eighty nine I think it was is where my my addiction uh really started to just take me down a path of destruction
0: i would if you don't mind, I would love to know what it was about that moment with your mm. the death of your father mm. that deepened the addiction, that took you down deeper.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I was living with my dad uh, from my 7th grade uh, year, uh, half of my 7th grade year, all of my 8th grade year, and my mom had sent me back there because she couldn't handle me anymore.
0: And this is where, where did your father live? My
1: father was living in Connecticut at that oh, time. I, look at this. I was living in... Uh, Uh, Chachilla, California with my mother at that moment and she was getting so far into her own issues that she uh, had me call my own dad who I didn't really have a relationship with at all and uh, ask him if I could come live with him. I didn't know the man. Uh, And he said said yes. And I went, I knew him passingly. I knew who he was. I'd seen him a couple times. Um, So, uh, to ask if I could go live with him because he was in recovery at that moment. That's crazy. And I went and lived with him and things we stable. My uh, my life was unstable up until that point as far as the journey of uh, living with the gypsy mom, uh, moving around, all those crazy, chaotic parts of life. That's a whole other stage in the life. <laughs> so was getting a, a shotgun approach at this journey. That's okay. But uh, sure enough, uh, I would say that uh, uh, I went and lived with them. Things were stable. I was, I was relatively happy. Uh, introduced to the concept of family that I hadn't really seen a whole bunch before. Uh, and then my mom called me up in the summer of going into my uh, freshman year and said, hey, I have my stuff together now. Will you come back and live with me? Mm -hmm. Was that a hard decision? That was part of where you're talking about that damage Uh, because a lot of the – I decided to come back, and sure enough, uh, for the longest time, I thought that I I created a wound in my dad's heart,
0: Mm -hmm. that I broke
1: his heart. You Uh, thought that. You believed that. I believed that. But did you
0: ever talk to him about it? Mm -hmm. No, No.
1: so I thought that that had happened, and sure enough, uh, about three years later, he had a heart attack. Wow! So that was uh, something I carried for a long time that that I was a major cause of his heart being broken. Wow! Uh, So I carried that, and I've uh, it's one of those hurts that we talk about as far as you know finding healing. uh, And a lie. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, as a, as a broken you know, 17-year-old kid, though, that's, that doesn't seem like too much of a lie. You had a heart attack, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not a scientist, but you know, it's a heart thing. And so, sure enough, uh, and so that was very difficult. Uh, and then from there, I just, like I said, I started to, to numb that pain at a very high level uh, from that junior year on.
0: What I'm hearing also is shame.
1: Yeah, no, that's obviously one of those others that we talk about, you know, a secondary type of emotion, right? For me, at least, yes. I mean, I said that uh, to a buddy on the way over here. I was on one of my phone calls, my accountability partner, uh, and uh, I was telling him that, you know, how ashamed I felt yesterday of of blowing it again and being stern and impatient with my daughter. I was like, Why can't I just get this right, God? You know what? And so, yeah, that's that's one of those things that we struggle with is that shame that you know what we're not good enough, and if we let the enemy continue to lie to us in that area, that we're supposed to be shame. Shameful mm. and filled with shame, phew, he's, the enemy's getting uh, victory and, and we're in trouble. Yeah. So, How would yeah. you define, David,
0: how would you define shame itself?
1: The feeling that I'm not good enough, that I did something so wrong. Once again, four years old or five years old as part of that little baby. Uh, and that's through some of the, the therapy, I've, I've come to realize that being able to talk to that little kid. You know, it would be so awesome uh, to tell them. Hey, you don't have to be ashamed. You are good enough. You are loved.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that 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 shame for me is like, look, I messed up again. You know what? There you are, you five year old little boy. You you messed up again. That's why people don't love you. That's mm-hmm. why people don't want to be around you. Mm-hmm. It's just a lie. You know what? I'm. <laughs> there's only one perfect <laughs> 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 right that's ever walked this earth. I'm not gonna bat a thousand. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. I'm gonna blow it. But the lie and that shame comes be yeah, look
2: at you. Yeah. Yep, you blew it again.
1: You know, you're supposed to be the man and the leader of the home. You can't talk to people like that. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not supposed to. And I have to own it and I have to repent and I have to all those things. And and there and there better be some growth, right? If if I'm following Jesus, there better be some growth, but I I don't have to get it right every time.
0: What I hear as you're talking is there's an insidious Nature to this to this lie mm-hmm. that you're not good enough. What what you, what I hear in that is I keep doing the shame that comes out of that. Oh, go ahead. What I keep hearing is the shame that comes out of that. Like I keep doing things wrong. I keep doing things wrong. Guilt, that's guilt. I've done something wrong. But shame says I am something wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. And a
0: lot of the times, the continual perpetuation of my behaviors, I'm mm-hmm. perpetuating my behaviors because I am something wrong. I keep doing these things that are wrong because I am wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it's an interesting thing where the enemy lies to us about who we are, and then we, knowing that that's the bait. If we buy into that lie, that's the bait to get us into behaviors. And then in those behaviors that we keep doing, shame rises up because Mm -hmm. now he's saying, see what you did? That's wrong because Mm -hmm. you're wrong. And it just perpetuates that cycle. And so when I feel that I'm wrong, I want to feel better about myself. So I do more things Mm -hmm. to feel better about myself, which creates more shame. And we keep we're in that we're in a trap.
1: You should write a short book on that because you just nailed it. (laughs) I think that's one of the things that uh, I go back to. And I was reminded uh, uh, a few months ago that you know I am a grateful believer who struggles with Mm -hmm. anger. Yeah, I'm a grateful believer who has recovery from alcohol addiction. I'm not an addict. I'm not going to label myself as an addict. I'm not going to do that. I am someone that has struggled with. Addiction,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but that identity removes that. For me, that identity in Christ. For all of us. <laughs> for all, yeah, right. Whatever it is, I, I'm, a, I'm someone that's I'm, I'm excessive, compulsive. Whatever the hurt, whatever the hang, it doesn't matter. But I think that if we, if I, I don't want to speak for others. If I can go ahead and center my identity in Christ and what He says about me, that I'm His beloved Son. Yeah. That, that I am a new creation that the old is gone and the new is here, that that victory's already been won, that it's sealed, mm. and it's finished. That, yeah, I'm going to struggle some i walking, but it's finished, it's done. If I can accept that identity, then I can start to walk away from that shame and well, that guilt.
0: I like this. I, so there's, I want to go to two places. I, I think this is interesting when we're talking about identity. Again, I talked about the, the stuff I went through. Yeah. Um, the True You curriculum. And in fact, next week, we're going to have the lady who led me through that curriculum mm-hmm. on on the show. So that's going to be good. But the idea of shame, I want to, I think there, shame speaks a message of who we are, and God speaks a, a message of who we are. Mm-hmm. And it depends on who we're willing to listen to, mm-hmm. right? And how many people, you know, speak, like, how many people listen to the, the voice of shame mm-hmm. over the voice of God? It's a tragedy. Yes. And they, they actually equate the voice of shame as God's voice because the enemy masks God's identity, right? So what I would love to do in the time we have right now is, would you mind, and this is going to be a big ask, I know this, would you mind sharing some of the, the, the moments, those points of shame for you that you go, that like your father, you shared one with your father. Yeah that that became a source of shame
2: hmm.
0: because you thought you killed him. You thought you, basically you murdered your dad, right? That's mm-hmm. shame. Uh, shame comes from people. I find a, most of the time shame comes from things we did to others or think we did to others and things that people did to us. And They did this to me because I'm wrong I'm, and I deserve that. I'm garbage mm-hmm. and I deserve to be treated like that. Or I did that to this person because I'm garbage and I, and I, that's how I act. Because yeah. I, so what, you shared the, sh- the shame that came out of the leaving your father. Yeah. Which was, you know, not right or wrong. You know, a tough decision to make. Live with mom, live with dad.
1: Yeah, especially at the age of 16, 17, have to make that, or yeah. actually younger, making the decision and living with that four or five years, yeah.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the other points, shame points, if you don't mind?
1: 2013, uh, I'm at uh, Saddleback Church, uh, and I have the, uh, the little cloth and my nail in my hand, and they handed me a hammer, and I nailed it to that cross, saying it's finished. Uh, and that it's finished was at that moment uh, I had almost destroyed my immediate family. Uh, I have a, a beautiful wife who I've been married to now for uh, 17 years.
2: Oh man, congratulations!
1: Thank you. I have. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, let me show you this right. I have a 28 year old uh, uh, daughter uh, who uh, just uh, gave me my first grandbaby. Mm. Uh, and, Congratulations uh, again! You. And a, That's a, awesome. And a uh, wonderful son in law. Uh, and uh, God uh, blessed uh, my wife and I with uh, an 11 year old uh, girl uh, after we were told that we weren't going to have children. Mm. Uh, so I have a pretty amazing family great uh, in-laws, and in 2013, uh, when I was down there, I came to the realization that I had almost destroyed that family
2: Mm.
1: uh, through uh, a lot of poor choices in my life. Uh, So that's the part, here I am a believer, right, 2003, and there's still 10 years in there Mm -hmm. that I'm healing and making poor choices Mm. because I hadn't addressed this all the way back here. And so... Uh, That shame was uh, uh, deep in me as far as, you know, uh, different issues that uh, I came to the realization that my people-pleasing ways of trying to find love in all, beautiful song, country wrestling, in all the (laughs) wrong places, (laughs) right? I remember that song. Trying to find love in all the wrong places had almost destroyed my family.
2: Mm.
1: And... uh, Thankfully my wife uh uh, uh believed in second choi- uh chances and uh and since then it's been a a seven year journey of uh of uh recovery. Mm. Uh so yeah, I think that's uh one of those things where you talk about, you know, believing what the enemy is saying that, you know, David, look what you did. Look at all this destruction that you did. You know what? You're never going to be good enough. You know? I can believe that, or I can believe God yeah. saying, David, it's finished. It's finished. Mm. <laughs> it's done. I paid the price for you. <laughs> so not, I already did this for you. And uh, I choose to believe the voice of truth. Yeah, I choose that. Uh, and now, as I said, it's a minute-by-minute life, right? <laughs> uh, there are going to be times mm. where that enemy creeps back in and, and is going to lie and he's, that's what he's great at, right? Steal, kill, destroy, lie, all those things. Yeah. So it's, 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 sometimes it's got to be a minute-by-minute minute choice that I have to make.
0: I, I'm glad you came back around to that.
1: Hmm.
0: Because I really do believe it's a minute-by-minute minute choice for all of us. And one choice is to listen to the voice of shame and believe that's God and run and hide in our behaviors, in our things.
1: Beginning chapter of Genesis, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's the pattern that's been set
1: set for us from the very beginning as human beings.
0: There's another choice. Instead Mm -hmm. of running from God, to run to him Mm -hmm. and recognize that the voice of shame, as Romans 8, 1 says, there now is no condemnation. Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: None. It doesn't say a little bit. It says no. No condemnation. (laughs) Right? For those who
0: are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that is, everyone's invited. Everyone's invited to come in and find that there has never been condemnation from God's point of view. Mm -hmm. That all he has is love. So, Mm -hmm. there's the voice of shame that you have heard. What has the voice of God told you? Like, what are some, for David, what are some very specific things That God has, like, we've heard some very specific ways that shame has spoken to you. What has God spoken specifically to you, about you, personally?
1: Uh, That that I'm a man after God's own heart. Uh, Right?
0: (laughs) Ironically, you're named after the man who he talked that. I got
1: my name from my aunt uh, in Connecticut. Uh, She couldn't have kids, and she... uh, asked my parents if they named name me uh, that name. So I'd like to find a little more history about that. Mm. But anyways, uh, that God has spoken clearly to me that I am a man after his own heart. Mm. And uh, so, you know, we talk about mission statements, right, which is cliche they might get that uh, God has uh, walked me through this journey. He's been with me the whole way, even when I didn't know he was there. Yeah. So that I can uh, help Develop those young people out there in this world, those old people out there in this world into the, into the beautiful children that he wants them to be. Mm. Uh, it's part of my, my ministry in life is coaching people, uh, just <laughs> loving on people, getting them where they are currently to where they want to go mm. in a healthy, safe way. Uh, so he spoke that truth over me as far as uh, that I am a warrior. Uh, for those of you, uh, I'm Cherokee, 116th only. Really? Uh, so that anger issue, uh, you know, goes all <laughs> the way back to you know hitting Johnny in the in the nose in fifth grade because sure enough he took my ball away from me and I didn't get my milk and cookies. <laughs> uh, you know, because you don't take someone's property, right? That's what I thought, and sure enough, so I handled it the way I thought you handled things. So, you know, tempering that uh, that warrior mentality that I have in a, in a uh, justice. Uh, Way and through God's eyes, yeah. You know, so but I am a warrior. uh, That God has spoken that over me clearly, that He has created me to be a mighty warrior to fight for those that uh, uh, He puts in front of me. And I've blown it in that area, you know, because when you're a warrior, sometimes you go a little too fast, you know, and you're Mm -hmm. fighting the battle, Mm -hmm. right? And so, uh, you know, when you're in the trenches, uh, sometimes it might not come out in the Christian way. (laughs) Right? Look at the life of David.
0: How many That's... times did he actually go ahead of God? And I can think of one with Abigail's husband.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Where he was going to kill this man and his and Abigail as the wife saw the danger of her husband was in saw the danger her husband was in mm-hmm. and moved to intercept David and actually Calm David down, and he, in that moment, saw that he was on a path of anger that wasn't going to lead to a good place.
1: Man after God's own heart, right? He was a man after God's own heart.
0: (laughs) God declared that about him.
1: And yet, here is this warrior going to, you know, do these god awful things, (laughs) right? And so, yeah, that I, he's declared over me that, you know, truth that I am a uh, a warrior. Uh, a no limit warrior Mm. there is no bounds upon the uh what he's called me to do uh so living that truth uh living the truth that i am good enough that i it doesn't matter how this interview comes out Mm. it doesn't matter the things that come out of my mouth i could blow it it could be terrible well you're not people (laughs) could be like whatever what's wrong with that dude you know all that who cares yeah. I'm not going to live behind a mask and try to please you today, Kurt. Yeah. Sorry, can't that's, do it. Don't
0: apologize for that. <laughs> you know, and, that's, and that's,
1: you know, being a little sarcastic with yeah, yeah, that, but yeah. I'm just not going to do it these yeah. days. And I, and there's the thing, minute by minute. Right now I'm in that spot, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: Five minutes from now when I'm out on that coaching field, am I going to be in that same spot?
2: Mm.
1: I don't know, but mm. that's the part <laughs> that I'm, I'm going to, my the truth that he's spoken is that I don't have to pretend to be what you need me to be or what they need me to be. I have to, I have to be what God has called me to be.
0: And There's a certain type of warrior you, you shared with me a little bit before we started talking, that you're a certain type of warrior um, that actually resonates with me because it's what God, God has spoken over me as well, that I am a warrior of the same type. What kind of warrior are you? Hmm. Oh, it was a warrior of peace.
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So yeah, I, I was I was flanking it because I was thinking about the other part. I got side, <laughs> sidetracked in my mind. So there's that minute by minute thing, right? Yeah, but um, I do the same thing. So peaceful warrior, great book too. I don't know if you read that one as uh, far Erwin
0: McManus. Yes, right.
1: That's a good book. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The first chapter. I don't need. I, I was like, I don't need to read the rest mm-hmm. of this. The first two chapters or whatever. Yeah. Really, just spoke. I'm like, I could stop reading right now and have everything I need.
1: So that's the part where the transition for me is being that peaceful warrior, that bringing peace, because there's been so much chaos in my life, and, and, and the the journey, the memories are popping in my head right now, just thinking about those things that I've seen, that i have part of, that I've done, coming to that place of peace, and trying to bring peace into my own life, my own family's life, and to others, mm-hmm. that peaceful warrior mentality, and that, that only comes from understanding my identity. Yeah. And and my, true, it, my true identity. And believing and it. And believing it every day, one minute at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But so.
0: isn't, isn't that the journey for every one of us? And I think this is where we come back around to it. Is there really any one of us who can live in any other way except for minute by minute, in dependence on who God is, who God says he is?
1: You can, but that's the destruction,
0: Yeah.
1: right? I mean, isn't that the, that's the re- You can live that way because I've lived that way. Yeah. And, but that's the destruction. Yeah. I could go to 2013 as far as not living in that minute by minute, you know, making that choice to, to see God in everything. And when, when I, because I've done it, you asked that. So yeah, we can make that choice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can. Right?
1: So, pe- and people do. I'm raising my hand because I'm yeah. one of those people. Yeah, me too. And then what comes of that? Yeah. You know.
0: Death and destruction.
1: No question. So. And
0: so that if we run ahead mm-hmm. of God, I have a, a good friend of mine. He's becoming a good friend of mine. He, he's a young guy that uh, was on the show not too long ago. He told me this story. We were talking about how it's our stressors and our stressors we, we want, we, we don't sit in it and wait patiently on God. Like there's this part of who God is he's very patient with us and if we ever turn our eyes off of our circumstances to the face of God and look in his eyes we see nothing but patience he's not freaked out about what's happening in the world today yeah he's not about freaked out about the division Mm -hmm. and the sickness and the disease that's happening we look at that stuff and we get freaked out but if we turn our eyes back to God in the minute by minute we see calm peace and a, a rejoicing over us when we don't sit in that we, we do what my my friend Jacob said. He said, like, Kurt, I'm a drummer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he goes, when I'm stressed out and tense and dr- trying to drum, I rush the beat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He goes, but when I relax, I flow right in the pocket. I'm right in the in the rhythm, right?
1: When I'm sitting on a bucket and I'm coaching a, a girl on how to... You know, snap the wrist for pitching, and sure enough, when I'm sitting in peace and I'm 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 in that spot and I'm letting God have it, yeah, it's it's gonna go smooth. When not, <laughs> next thing you know, there's chaos. So that that trust in that God is in control and that peaceful, uh, like you said, that peaceful warrior mentality. You know, so that's that's the balance of you know being a warrior because when you think of a warrior and goes ah, <laughs> you know, or that Cherokee oh yeah, and just going. You know, you try to combine in the peace element of that. That's the part where I think that is my journey walk right now as a leader.
0: I I resonate so much with what you're saying, David. First of all, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, I prayed for many years. God, just make me a man after your own heart. Mm -hmm. I just want to be a man after your own heart like David. And one day I was in, um, I was working out, and this is back this is back just before 2003. So this is right before you came to faith. I'm working out in the gym, and uh, I got to work out with a, a man who pastored a church, a church planter. His name was Leroy Royball. He's not a great name? Mm-hmm. Leroy Royball.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, we, I just had a great time. Every time I go in the gym and see him, and we got to work out together in the morning. I worked the night shift, so I got off at 7 in the morning, and I'd, I'd hit the gym right after I got off work, and he was just getting up, you know. And I'd see him in there, and we'd talk. And one day he goes, Kurt, I'm embarrassed to tell you something. And I said, what? You know, Leroy, what's going on? And he said, "I I believe I had a word from God to share with you for weeks now. And I had been afraid of what you might think of me to give you this, like if you thought I'd be weird or what, and I haven't shared it with you. And I said, you better share it right now. (laughs) Like, I want to know what God is saying about me, you know, or saying to me. And he said, Kurt, I just heard God very clearly say that you're a man after his own heart.
2: Hmm.
0: I had never told anyone that that's what I'd been praying.
2: Mm -hmm. Or
0: very few people. My wife knew. God is good. And that was the first time I ever heard it affirmed out of any human's lips. Hmm. And here he is telling me, and he says, you're a man after God's own heart, and he's going to do great things with you. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And that was 2002, Hmm. and within a year, God called me into vocational ministry. Mm In 2003.
1: God fulfills His promises. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt.
0: And it's what He says about us that matters. Yes. And it's and living in that.
1: And us listening and living in minute that.
0: Minute by minute, mm-hmm. listening to that. And when we settle, and when we are willing to settle in and believe God at His word of what He says about Himself, yep. that He is love, as 1 John 4 says, that this is, this, we know, what does it say? We know and rely on the love God has for us, for God is love,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and when we live moment by moment, minute by minute, and not, we can settle in in peace into who He says we are and operate out of that place and that comes and then for me, what i've discovered is God is not only love, he is life, he is really abundant life mm-hmm. he is you said it earlier, he's perfect, which to me means he's complete well, i 'm incomplete i'm always going to be incomplete. Yep. Because I was created with, the, with areas of emptiness in me where only God can complete it. And so when I live out of this place that I, I, know that I acknowledge I'm incomplete, but in light of God's love, it doesn't create insecurity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cause me to go hide. Yeah. It actually leads me to move further into his mm-hmm. completeness. So when I feel overwhelmed with my incompleteness, When I'm trusting and believing minute by minute what God says about himself and what he says about me, it allows me in that being overwhelmed by my incompleteness to move into him and ask him to overwhelm me in his completeness. And who he is, he is joy, he is peace, he is love, he is patience. I'm overwhelmed in that and I'm abiding in that. That's a minute by minute experience. And that's abundant life
1: for me and everyone around me. So that's where I'm, uh, to, fin- to finish where I'm at right now with this, uh, we we're talking about a title of it. Uh, I think, uh, for me, it's minute by minute, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I, I really do believe that. And, uh, here, here's the healing part. I'll give you this right now. As far as codependency, code I have, uh, Four other human beings that are standing on a, a softball field that I told them I'd be at.
0: Oh, uh, I'm
1: late. Uh, man. So, before I sit here and go ahead and keep pleasing you and telling you that I got to do this, <laughs> we got to go. Right? Uh, <laughs> but instead, I got to go and then humbly tell them I'm, I'm sorry for being wrong yes. instead of making an excuse and blaming Kurt. Right? I have to say, hey, you know, I made a choice and, you know, I'm, I do apologize and I hope you guys can forgive me uh, for making that choice. And I'm sorry for being a few minutes late. Mm-hmm. and But that's the healing. Yeah. of, of live, abiding by Christ and yeah. living in Him minute by minute Yeah. because I can say those things instead of like sitting over oh Kurt's going to get so mad because I tell him I'm late and i got to go and then sure enough going over here and oh yeah it was Kurt's fault and not accepting that responsibility so mm. I think that's where if we're abiding in Christ minute by minute that that's where the power and the healing is And yeah. uh, so I'm excited to be where I am today
0: well here we're going to close it out with a prayer for that right now then this is Right now, God, we're relying on you, that as we end this right now, so David can go and fulfill uh, the responsibilities that he um, said he would do, that you will go before him, clear the way, not only in him, but on the road, and in the hearts of all those he's going to coach, Mm -hmm. and that this would be one of the best practices and preparation times they've ever had together through the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, everyone who's listening to this, that they would uh, just hear the honesty of this man and understand he is living out of a place minute by minute where he rests in you and in your completeness and his incompleteness, and that they would do the same. And we just pray for that blessing today, in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks for having me. Look forward to coming back. Thanks for coming on the show, man.